We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live Super Bowl edition of the game preview for the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Maddie, I got emotional about three minutes before this started. I don't know why, but I am just all of a sudden just hyped, emotional, all this stuff right now. Were you thinking about your hatred of Jalen Hurts? And just like, <laughs> this is, just got you amped. Like, what's happening? This must here? end. I'm sick of it. I blame Jordan. By the listen, way. listen. Let's not dwell on that. If you want to hear all of Kent's hatred for Jalen Hurts. <laughs> The Chiefs the defense last three versus, shows. versus the Eagles. <laughs> Read <offense>. my article. <laughs> that is that is earlier this week. If you go back Check to Monday's podcast, you can listen to the Chiefs defense versus the Eagles offense. We're pivoting to the other side of the ball. So no more Jalen Hurts talk. Can't. Yeah, we uh, already got done talking about how Jalen uh, Hurts will react to this Chiefs defense earlier in the week. So this is a two-part game preview this week. We did the defense uh versus the Eagles offense earlier in the week. Today we are going to be focusing on the Philly defense versus Patrick Lavon Mahomes, the greatest player of a generation, establishing his legacy against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. So that is the game plan today. We'll do our predictions at the end of this show as well. Um we'll be hanging around talking all things Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense. So that's the plan. Thanks everybody watching right now or listening. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Really appreciate everybody. Really really do. Um yeah, obviously we're we're pretty amped about this one. So um we'll start here. Uh the kind of doing the same structure we did earlier in the week for the other side of the ball, but Philly's defensive identity, Matthew. Okay. Um rush the passer with four, get pressure sack QB rinse repeat. I, 
I don't know if there's a whole lot more to it than that. Like they have, this isn't a diminishing on any of the other players or anything, but I, their defensive identity really isn't a whole lot more than that. They're great at it. Like we can spend a lot of time talking about how, when they want to really run up the arc and get deep pressure in the pocket, the defensive ends are just speed rushing from wide alignments, getting a great jump. The defensive tackles don't even try to really penetrate or not even really try to squeeze the pocket down that much. They just hold their ground. They try to look to watch a QB escaping through the A or B gap, disengage, get a sack there. Like they do some great complimentary rushing, whether it's deep in the pocket, up the middle, when they do decide to stunt. Like there's there's so much we could talk about there. I, if Craig wants to go into that, he can. I just that's what their defense tries to do. They want to get pressure with four, and everything else they do on defense centers around hey, our defensive line's gonna get pressure with four. We have to cover for two and a half seconds. So here's how this team gets by by playing well, cover one, cover three, rinse, repeat. Yes, there's gonna be some quarter, quarter, half mixed in, but their coverage calls are not very mixed. They don't disguise it particularly well. They just kind of go out there and execute with high-end players and wait for that defensive line to do what the defensive line does. Yeah, so here's the deal. It's Hassan Reddick. It's Brandon Graham. It's Fletcher Cox. It's Javon Hargrave. It's Josh Sweat. It's Jordan Davis. It's Linval Joseph. It's Robert Quinn. It's Adamican Soon. It's Milton Williams. That is 10 <laughs> dudes that I just listed there. And all 10 of those dudes would be in rotation in almost any line in the NFL right now. That's how they do it, and that's why they can rely on it. It's not as simple as, hey, tire these guys out. Try and keep making them rush for and keep making them try and beat their head against the wall. That won't work. They will just wholesale change out the line. This is It's like a hockey line. They'll put in the second team, and it's just as good. You know, they're able to still disrupt the play, and that's what makes them so dangerous. There is no real combination that you're going to look at among this Eagles offensive line or defensive line and say, okay, when that guy's on the field, we're going to start trying to run this kind of stuff at him and try and maximize this sort of thing because they'll just figure out a way to put another dude next to him and win on the defensive line. It is. That is where it starts and where it ends. Yes, they've got talented players. That secondary is Really good. James Bradbury, despite kind of languishing out there for a long time this offseason, has been really, really good this year. Darius Slay has continued to play pretty well. So those guys are going to be able to line up and take away stuff on the outside, funneling stuff to the inside to CJ Gardner. Johnson, they got Reed Blankenship back there. That That's where it gets a little bit iffy in the middle of the field. But the, the corners on the outside and their ability to kind of be up in the receiver's face, disrupt timing, get rid of some of the quick throws, and allow that pass rush to get home quickly, no matter who it is that's out there, any of those 10 guys. It, it's just a recipe for disaster for pretty much any offense. It, it's almost offense-proof because you can line up and do those sorts of things. Well, every offense they've seen to this point, but I, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, hey, Dak <laughs> Prescott's the best quarterback they've seen to this point. Um but yeah, I, I think the identity, I think you guys have about pinned the identity down. So like this, it's going to run through that very dominant, uh, deep front. The depth is the thing I think is very worth talking about. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, some situational pass rush ability like Milton Williams, you know, is, you know, he's down on the bottom of the, of the, of the depth chart. Right. But being able to disrupt it, I think the back, I know it's, it's insane. It's like, if you I know, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. Like if you just did this, if you took like, <laughs> if you took 
Robert Quinn, Milton Williams, Linval Joseph, Jordan, Jordan Davis, and Ndamukong Sue. What does that group rank? <laughs> what does that group rank? I mean, it's above the middle of the pack for I, sure. I, I mean, it's a, I think it's at least middle of the pack. I mean, there's a lot of teams. Like, the Bears would kill for that. <laughs> I mean, they had one of them. But, like... <laughs> That was that was the Bears' best pass rusher, right? Like, yeah, there, I think plenty of teams would would uh, would kill for that. But I think you know, back in front, and they do play well together. Um, you know that, that giving them some time for that pass rush to get home, and they don't need a ton of time for the pass rush to get home. One thing I really appreciate about them too is midseason they got gashed in the run game, and what did they do? They just went out and signed Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue on the same week, mm-hmm. just to just continue to load up on the defensive line. I really, you can kind of see, like, the Eagles, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this, um, but, like, the way the Eagles have roster built around Jalen Hurts uh, and just this roster and just his team in general has been really, really impressive, and I don't want to go too far back to the offense. We don't have to do too much on the offensive side of the ball, but obviously we know what they did. He's trying to drag it back. How did we get back? Just wait a second, Matthew. (laughs) What is happening? They went back and they went and got AJ Brown. That's that's a big move and a big swing. But I think you've seen them be very aggressive and intentional in building depth on the defensive side of the football. And we talked about Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph. They went and acquired CJ Gardner Johnson, uh, who I think there's a chance will be public enemy number one by like five minutes into the game for Chiefs fans. Like it's been a very cordial oh, yeah. here. It's been very cordial, I think, between Eagles and Chiefs fans. But the second chauncey gardner johnson does something stupid which he will it's just i mean it's it's gonna go it's gonna go off the rails but a lot of depth a lot of talent has been acquired by the eagles in an attempt to build a really complete roster about around a cost controlled quarterback you know contract and uh that defensive line absolutely is is it um before we go before we go no no i just went so i feel like I glossed over everything else their defense does besides the D-line. I think that's fair, right? I think for the first pass, that's absolutely fair for how this defense is structured. That said, and I think Craig did a good point, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, two very good boundary corners that can play man. That Bradbury, not as much, but Slay especially is very good in zone. Bradbury has some ups and downs when he's in zone, and I think that's probably what Brandon Ayuk was talking about when he was saying they had some stuff that they felt like they had going on. Um, (laughs) So, you know, they play, they have two good boundary corners. I think after that though, that's where they start to struggle a little bit. And so what they do in order to kind of uh, protect themselves, they do play a lot more single high coverages than a lot of teams in the NFL do right now. To Ken's point, a lot of that is they didn't play that many, you know, t- are very good quarterbacks. They didn't play a lot of good offenses. It's easier to play single high, not have to keep two safeties deep when the only two good quarterbacks you play all year is Aaron Rodgers, one good performance, and then Dak Prescott. Like, that's the only good quarterbacks they've played for the past three months tops. So there is some structural stuff to their defense that I think we might see different in the Super Bowl. But for the most part, they protect the interior of that defense by playing single high most of the time. Then they can cycle it out of man and zone with ease. They're not locked into one or the other. They play a decently high rate of man compared to everybody else. And when they do play zone, it is a lot of cover three. It's very much match principles. So it will play out just like man coverage far more often than you're thinking when you hear the word cover three. 
they will have corners running with digs, running with deep crosses because that's the way it gets, you know, dividend out once everything starts going on. So they do do, I don't want to say cool stuff necessarily because it's pretty simple, but they protect their issues that they have over the middle of the field with this good boundary cornerback play. And they know they have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson who can insert all over the place. They've gotten good play out of TJ Edwards at linebacker, even though he maybe isn't the most talented linebacker in the NFL. So I think they understand where their difficulties are on defense and they do try to play around it and then let really set that pass rush up to really get after it. I mean, yeah. That, and that's kind of, they're able to play with more dudes in the box to try and take away some of that stuff in the middle. Yes. Can't m- mention the fact that, you know, they went out and they signed Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue while Jordan Davis was hurt. And obviously he's back in the mix here, but it, it made a lot of sense for them to kind of stack the box a little bit, play a little more single high with those guys playing as well as they are. I'm curious to see kind of what happens when we go into that mode with the Chiefs in like 13 personnel. How are they going to counter that? They're not a team that loves to play base. They they really aren't because that takes some of their more dynamic players off the field. The Chiefs going to live in 13 personnel a little bit more to try and knock. They them really out don't of like that. dime either. Just the, the, they, they don't, don't like dime they that don't. much either. They just want to live in nickel, and that's fine. You know that, that's absolutely fine. But when the Chiefs go in 13, like we've seen them, you know, as of late, I'm curious to see what sort of what sort of counters that they're going to have? Because there's going to be something. You know, it's not like they're just going to sit there. Gannon's not just going to sit there and be like, well, we're going to do what we're going to do and not try and counter what the Chiefs are, you know, putting on the field. So I'm very curious to see what happens there if they stay in some more of those cover three shells when they've got three tight ends on the field. Or are you going to see them kind of shift things around a little bit more, try and cover some of that and still be able to play in nickel with some lighter personnel and kind of dare the chiefs to run rather than try and throw chiefs have been pretty good when doing that though. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll talk about all that here in just a second. I got one more follow-up question to all that, but first we got to hear from DraftKings. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. I have been loving these Super Bowl 57 prop bets. I've got a lot of them. Go check out the Octopus bet. I've got some money on that one. Go put some down on that. Here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I had absolutely no idea what an octopus was. I was there when Tucker found out what an octopus was. Yeah. So <laughs> I... It was great. <laughs> Thanks, everybody watching right now. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Previewing Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense and making our game predictions to close the show out here uh, later. But, I mean, do we think do we think the Chiefs add a bunch of tight ends? Like, what do we think the splits look like on, on 12 and 13 personnel here? Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know because they've done some weird stuff. I mean, throughout the playoffs, they've, they've gotten real weird with it. Um, yeah. It sounds, I think you're going to get a little bit of everything. I don't know if they are going to lean heavy into any specific grouping once you look back at the game in totality. I think we were kind of seeing it in the Jags game. Before Mahomes got hurt, they were clearly setting some stuff up with the heavier personnel. And then Mahomes getting hurt, not being able to really roll out of some of the stuff. And like I assume it was going into play action with some rollouts with all the heavy condensed looks. That got removed. So we don't know where that was going. From what I saw, though, I think the Chiefs going heavy would help a little bit. You can go max protect a lot easier out of it. You get a lot of chips on this defensive end group that is very aggressive at getting upfield. You can slow them down pretty good with some chips. And it's not like the Eagles are a significant threat to A, confuse you on the back end. They're not going to get you that often with disguising their coverages. Or B, they're not going to blitz that much. So if you do go a little heavier, you do give a little extra pass rush help. Yeah, you're limiting the guys in the routes, but you might give the you know Mahomes and the quarterback a little bit more time back there. And I don't think the Eagles are the kind of defense that's going to punish that. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, when throwing the ball out of 13 personnel this year, 39 to 53 for 568 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's ridiculously <laughs> oh <my. laughs> efficient out of heavy personnel. It is ridiculously efficient. And it's like Maddie's saying there, they set stuff up out of it you mm -hmm. see them get vertical out of it justin watson player that they love to use in those 13 personnel sets you know we can sit and talk about you know what he brings to the offense guess what he brings a lot in those 13 personnel looks and the ability to get downfield we've seen mbs do it a little bit we've seen him use a lot of stuff there the problem is you know if if you see you know, the eagles try and back out of there and defend that the chiefs have 252 yards on 49 carries when running out of 13 personnel this year. That's 5.1 yards per carry. You don't want that either. Like, that's death by a thousand cuts. So it, the Chiefs, I could see leaning on it a little bit heavier because I don't think Andy Reid fully got into his bag 
you know, it, we didn't really get to see a lot of it at the end of the year. We saw him prepping it. We saw him really working it and repping it plenty. And then we didn't get to see it as much. Even when Mahomes got hurt, you know, we and all these wide receivers get hurt. It makes sense that they'd go to heavy personnel, right? No, they didn't. They pulled back on it. They're saving it. They don't know what they want to do with it yet. If they're that efficient out of that personnel, it makes perfect sense that Andy Reid's going to show a little bit of it in the first 15, depending on how the Eagles counter it. I can see it being a heavy part of the game plan going forward. We know Andy uses that first 15 to set up the rest of the game. If he does that, he sees something and sees the way that Jonathan Gannon is approaching 13 personnel. I can see him shifting into that because they've been so efficient out of it and just trying to kind of ruin them with heavy personnel throughout the game. I also just wonder if they have a little bit more tight end heavy in the call sheet just to help mitigate their potential exposure on receiver injury. Just having a little bit more ready in case they lose some guys to injury does sound like we're going to get a Juju Smith-Schuster and a Kadarius Tony um, by recent indications. So that is very helpful. We'll talk a little bit about that more in the second. Um, you know, I feel like we've talked about their identity, where they're best at on, on the offensive side or on the defensive side of the ball for the Eagles. But like, where do we think that they struggle, Matthew? When they play quarterbacks, that don't stink. They struggle <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys. They gave up 40 points against the Green Bay Packers. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers is lighting the world on fire. They gave up 33 points team is not been exactly good when they play against quality offenses. The thing is they have played two all year long. <laughs> that's about it. Right? So mm -hmm. that, I think that's where you have to start. The, this Eagles defense, the defensive line is dominant. The pass rush is dominant, but guess where the pass rush looks better against average to subpar quarterback play. So all of a sudden, the few times you get to see them against good quarterbacks, you know, you go watch those games. There's sacks on Prescott. There's sacks on Rodgers. It's not like the defensive line is not playing good in those games. It's just the back end isn't always ending each play after two and a half seconds. So now guys are coming open. Now, the fact that you play cover one or cover three on like 67% of your snaps and the majority of the rest of those are finished with or fixed with quarter, quarter, half, you're a little predictable teams can get you into certain looks or rather than getting you into just these certain looks they can they can identify them a lot quicker both the cowboys and the packers had a lot of success going empty because what that did is they just gave them a very quick it gave them a very quick a very simple identification on is this going to be if it's single high it's going to be either man and cover one or it's going to be zone and cover three they don't really do much else in between now it's hard to do a lot else in between versus empty but the Eagles especially, they don't do anything else. It's real easy. It's real quick to tell. So you know that right away. You just have to get the ball out quickly. Sometimes you're going to buy time. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to have issues figuring out what coverage the Eagles are in. I don't think the Chiefs are going to have any – they got got, they got confused, they don't know what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of can they execute what they need to execute up front to go ahead and put, run through with the play. I, I just, I don't see a schematic. I don't see any schematic advantage for the Eagles against the chiefs. There's player advantage. I don't see a schematic advantage in terms of how they play defense, how they call defense right now. I think, and I think that there's a, there's significant player advantages too. Like I, I it, it's enough to help yes. kind of overwhelm some of these schematic stuff. Like it, it's one of those where, you know, it's not broke. Don't, you know, don't fix it. Just, have your guys go out there. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, X's and O's sort of deal. I do think it's funny that you bring up there, you know, arguably their two worst performances, you know, 
you know, from the defensive side of the ball against the Cowboys and against the Green Bay Packers. One of their other worst performances, and it didn't really show up on the stat sheet, was against the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals actually did a pretty good job of moving the ball against that team. Now, Kyler Murray did not play especially well there. You saw them not do a great job taking care of the ball, but those are arguably the three best quarterbacks they've played this year. I mean, Kyler Kyler and Daniel Jones are duking it out for third with, with this group, and that's, I mean, <laughs> I know, I mean, but for real, that, that's what it is, and I mm. think you've seen a lot of Eagles analysts and stuff like that that are looking at this side of the ball, and they're saying a lot of the same things. It's like, man, there's a lot of guys, and they got to take over this game because I watch Patrick Mahomes, and it's just you know, we talk about it all the time, how Mahomes is on another level than everybody else and all that. It really is for this Eagles team because they haven't seen that this year very often. They haven't seen guys that can really put it on opposing defenses where you just kind of stand around and you go, damn it, there's not nothing that we can do on that play. You know, we see it all the time as Chiefs fans go on, undergo a murderer's road. You see Josh Allen, see Joe Burrow do something. And you're just like, man, you know what? Got, got, that, that's all it is. Eagles haven't had to do a lot of that and haven't had to defend a lot of that this year. And so that's that's really kind of the difference. They haven't had that experience. They haven't had that ability to see a lot of that elite talent under center or, you know, back in the shotgun. I, you know, you can say all you want about the, the receivers and the talent out there, the weapons and everything like that, but the guy getting him the ball is the MVP this year, and he has played like it all year long. It's really hard to prepare for something like that when you haven't seen it all year. Yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes slated to win Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl uh, later tonight. Uh, so <laughs> I, I uh, you know, Craig, you, you started talking about talent versus scheme, and I mean, talent can overwhelm scheme, but I don't, you know, think talent overwhelms Patrick Mahomes very often. And like, I think that's the thing I, you know, I think that's what we're going to find out. Right. Is like, I, that's ultimately, I think the, the big storyline for me is can this talent overcome the best player in the world? And I, you know, I was thinking, you know, you, you brought up empty, especially for a team that's not that just trying to get home with four, like, everything's going to be very well defined for them when they do go empty and all empties aren't created equal. We just got done talking about three tight ends. The chiefs can go empty with 13 mm -hmm. personnel. They can mix and match their empty looks. They can, I mean, they can pick, they, they can see how they're going to treat this stuff. Like, I don't know how we'll, we'll see how much, I mean, there's, you might see a little bit of empty early in the game from the chiefs in the first 15, but also you might just want to see what they're going to play personnel grouping wise too. With oh, all right, what are you gonna do with thirteen? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna open you up here. Okay, you're what are you gonna do with twelve? We're gonna open you up here. Like I I could see you know like I could see the Chiefs being going in empty in three different personnel groupings. No like no no doubt about it. Like that that would make too much. Like that make a lot of sense. Like that's something they could do. Maddie, you you look like you want to jump in? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say along with the same line of going with like. I mentioned empty to get your coverage ID. I think teams have had success too, going with pre-snap motion against the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Same concept. You're going to figure out what coverage they're in because they do run a rather smaller pool of coverages and they don't disguise them. Like I, it's not a bad thing. They just don't disguise their coverages very well. There's been a little bit made these past couple of days that Vic Fangio is a defensive consultant for them. 
a big part of Vic Fangio was rotating safeties late, playing a lot of too high, playing a lot of cover two type stuff and rotating guys and hiding what you're doing. That's not, that's not what this defense does. They're pretty much like, Hey, we're going to line up here. They might roll down the safety post snap. You know, they might rip or lose it. That's about it. That's about as far as the disguising goes. So using pre-snap motion, going empty, little, just even aligning Blake Bell out wide and then motioning him in before the play starts. Some of the Chiefs will do all the time, and it seems so silly that you don't even notice it anymore, but that gives them a lot of information. They're going to be able to pick up on what the Eagles are doing if the Eagles continue to play the way that they have all year, they'll be able to pick up real quick on what the Eagles are doing on the back end. And the absolute worst thing you can do against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is let him know what your defense is doing. We talk about all the crazy throws, the arm talent, the extending of plays. The Chiefs are nearly unbeatable when Mahomes is just in rhythm and quote-unquote taking what the defense gives. If he has a good read on what's coming and he's getting the ball out on time, in rhythm, where it needs to go – it, it's almost curtains for any team they go up against. And I think the Eagles make it a little too easy based on what we've seen so far for a team like the Chiefs to know what they're doing. Yeah, you, you want to tell me that Andy Reid's had two weeks to sit there and be like, yeah, we're pretty sure we know what coverage is coming when we see this tell, this tell, this tell, and this tell. Boy, that, <laughs> that that's bad. That's really, really bad. We've seen him destroy teams when they play a lot of – you know, singular coverages and very basic stuff. It, but again, you know, the Eagles are going to rely on their guys just executing the scheme better than everyone else. We've seen other teams do that with plenty of success. The Buffalo Bills do that on defense every single year. And they just say, hey, we're going to do it better than everybody else. We're going to rely on our guys to do it. I can see the Eagles just saying, hey, this is what got us here. We believe Hassan Reddick and that defensive line is going to affect enough of the play. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are going to be able to shut guys down enough on the boundary. We'll take whatever else we get. You know, they're saying, hey, if Jet McKinnon wants to beat us or Kadarius Tony wants to beat us, so be it. We'll let that happen. Problem is, Andy Reid's really good at designing game plans around those tertiary components and making teams pay for not accounting for them. Well, and just taking what the defense gives you, like Mahomes has gotten significantly better about that. And knock on wood, the ball protection from the guys he's been doing it to has been outstanding this year relative to last year. There's not as many drops. There's not as many fumbles. The ball protection has been very, very good. And so if you are going to give easy completions away to Patrick Mahomes, especially with the way this offense can be structured, you know, you're you're gonna give some you're gonna give some plays up that you don't that you don't want. They're gonna turn into bigger plays. We've seen that happen. We've seen it happen with Marquez Valdez Scantling kind of running in orbit motion and being in the flat by himself. Like I, you know, I so I, Mahomes is so good now about getting the ball out of his hands, putting the ball in the hands of his playmakers, and actually that might play into the hands of the Chiefs a little bit too, especially with the you know where you're trying to manage the you know Mahomes injury a little bit, like. I don't know. Like there's some benefits to all that too. So I, there's just, yeah, I, if you're going to give stuff away, great. Um, I'll take it. You know, I, obviously I'd want some explosive plays, but I'll just, I'll, t I'll keep taking positive yards up and down the field. That's fine by me. One thing I do like is, you know, we talk about the Fangio, you know, tree, the Fangio structure. Maybe it's a, uh, a, the Eagles aren't a apples to apples. You know, they're not doing everything Fangio does. Right. But, the Chiefs have a lot of reps against Fangio defenses or Fangio wow. disciple defenses too. They were pretty darn good against it this year as well. 
Yeah. I, I, they built a team to defend it. Like the NFL <laughs> was going that way. They were. Yeah. Everybody fell in love with Vic's defenses and the late rotations playing out of those two high structures and rotating into stuff. Great late safety rotations. It, it's great defense. Great structure. <laughs> Absolutely. It's wonderful. It helps limit explosive plays, keeps everything in front of you, and does a good job of mixing things up late, making quarterbacks stop and think, especially with this defensive line. That's what you want. Problem is, Andy Reid and the Chiefs went, hey, we know that's coming. We know we're going to have to be dealing with that in the division, let alone in the rest of the NFL. Let's figure out a way to try and line up and beat it. So I went out and got personnel, changed up the offense. And that's why it's been so impressive to watch this year because everybody they're zigging when everybody else is, uh, is zagging. So if the Eagles decide, hey, we're going to switch it up, we're going to lean more on some of the Vic principles, I can see the Chiefs just maybe after a couple of drives of being confused, hey, we weren't expecting this, come out and just go, oh, we know how to beat this, and switch into their Chargers game plan or something like that to try and come out and beat that sort of defense. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. How big do we think the run game is going to be in this game, Matthew? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the Eagles have been run on this year because of how they play their defense, the way it is structured a little bit. The, you have a defensive line, especially defensive ends that are only caring about the sack and they're playing the run on the way to the quarterback, right? So there you're almost like dealing with instead of two edge defenders, you have like a half edge defender on either side because that's just not what they're trying to do. And then you have adequate linebacker play behind it so you don't have and you don't have an elite safety you know chauncey Gardner johnson's a good safety great safety he's not exactly a run stuffing dynamic box safety so you don't really have the guys to stop the run that's where they go out and they sign sue and linval joseph in the exact same week that they got run all over so i think they understand the issue those two have helped but they haven't turned them into a dominant run game so yeah maybe there's a few times in this game where the chiefs get a favorable look and they pull off a five, six, seven yard gain just to stay ahead of the sticks sticks. I think there's going to be a drive or two like that, that happens to where the run game, the chiefs kind of lean on it. And then we've seen the chiefs do it in plenty of times to all of a sudden pull out a drive where they run the ball seven out of 10 plays and they have a lot of success doing it. Then they get away from it again. It's all part of that Andy Reed mythology or method here to the madness of setting stuff up, getting what they want. But I ultimately don't think the run game is going to matter. I look at it this way. 
I'm I'm looking at you know the passing yards allowed. This this defense, you know, again they haven't played a whole lot of quarterbacks, but they made them all look bad. They they really have. The games that they have allowed bigger yardage, they allow 304 passing yards to the Dallas Cowboys. That was saddled with 115 yards rushing. They had to go into more of a passing shell. Cowboys were able to run the ball against them. Then you go against the Packers, 236 yards passing. They have 106 yards rushing. Now, the Packers run the ball pretty well, so that's a decent job. It's still over 100 yards. The Arizona Cardinals, 239 yards passing, 124 yards rushing. So every team that's had any success moving the ball through the air has also had success running the ball. And that's dangerous. I, I think that's why those games feel like the way that they do, especially the Packers and the Cowboys games. When you go back and you watch them, they just seem a little bit overwhelmed because for the first time, they're having to defend the pass at a high level, having to defend elite weapons or against a good quarterback. And so they have to shift and drop and they give up more on the inside. And two of those games, Packers and the Cowboys, those were with those stud defensive linemen in the middle there, those run pluggers. They still allowed that kind of yardage on the ground. So I can see the Chiefs getting them spread out a little bit more, maybe opening like the third quarter and saying, hey, guess what? We're going to come out. We're going to have a drive where we're just going to pound the rock and finding success before the Eagles can make an adjustment. Again, try and steal a drive on the ground, rack up some yardage, make them think a little bit more on defense and knock them out of any adjustments that we can see. That's really where I can see maybe the run game coming into play a little bit more because the Eagles are having to sit back so far. If they're in too high, if they're having to kind of play back a little bit more, try and take advantage of that early in the second half. One other thing, I it, this would be like an Andy Reid first, but this is the Super Bowl. Wouldn't hate messing around with a possession of tempo too. Just go no huddle. Won't have it. Get, I know. Yeah. Nope. Just hold it. I know. Just swallow I'm that aware. pipe dream. I'm aware. But Dude. I just think about it. if you get if you're getting if you get heavier personnel on the field at some point, you convert a you convert a third and short. And you got Ndama Kong and Linval Joseph. Just go no huddle and see what happens. But just you know, yeah. I I don't think it I will, get it. But I do. I, that's I get just it. I just a, I mean that's a great. We Listen, talk about breaking tendencies. Yeah. yeah. That's breaking a. 20 year tendency right there. Yeah, Kent, and Kent will have a pants problem if that happens. I've been talking about <laughs> tempo since Patrick Mahomes became the quarterback, like legitimately. <laughs> One interesting thing, uh seven uh, Patrick Mahomes on a bum ankle, they drop back 70% of the time against uh the Bengals. So, I you know, I we'll see. We'll see if they try to get that run game going. I would be really dumb if I didn't ask Matthew if there's any big things he wants to cover on the offensive side before we move on. Oh, for sure. The uh -huh. biggest matchup of the game. The Eagles are really good when they play cover one. Really, really, really good when they play cover one, actually. I, uh, they play cover one just under 28% of the time. They allow just under seven yards from pass per attempt. Mahomes, nine touchdowns, four interceptions when playing against cover one. Not exactly his best coverage to go against. And then you look at the Chiefs receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, hurt, not hurt, MVS. They don't really have guys that are well-equipped to beating man coverage, especially if, or against good corners like Bradbury, like Slay. So what, what's that matchup going to look like for the Chiefs? I think this would be a game where the Eagles probably should play cover one on every third down. I don't see any reason that they shouldn't, unless the Chiefs are beating the brakes off of it, which don't put it past Andy to come out here and do something with this. It's just 
the Eagles in cover one are good. The Chiefs against cover one, that's probably their worst coverage to go up against, and it's mostly due to the receivers. If Travis Kelsey isn't getting favorable looks, which, listen, this is going to be another conversation, maybe in the player-to-watch category, they have no one that can cover him at all, and they don't really bracket guys at all, so that's interesting to watch. But outside of him, they don't have great matchups versus man coverage, so I think the Eagles should really lean into that. The way you traditionally are going to go ahead and beat uh, cover one is going to be run a lot of mesh stuff. You're going to run a lot of switch releases. You're going to get double moves, things like that. What does that take? Time. Time. What do the Eagles essentially assume you're not going to have because of their four-man pass rush? Time. <laughs> so like, it, that's well, where it works really well in this game. I, the biggest thing to come back, though, screens and getting Jarek McKinnon out in space. Like Make those linebackers run with McKinnon. Make those linebackers get out with Kadarius Toney on jet motion. Like The Chiefs can do stuff against it. It's just, I'm going to be interested to see what Andy Reid in this Chiefs offense has cooked up the beat man coverage because I fully anticipate the Eagles leaning heavily into it. And on top of all of that, the the part about you know getting five in the route, especially quickly, if you got Jarek McKinnon getting out in the route very, very quickly there, and you got a linebacker out there, you've got rushers that are trying to get past, you know, trying to get quick pressure typically around the outside. You know, like Hassan Reddick is a speed rusher. He's not necessarily a power guy, so he's gonna try and get around the outside. Patrick Mahomes is gonna try and get his wheels on. Now I know he's hurt. <laughs> I know, I know that I was going out. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. But you got guys without their eyes in the backfield. And how many times does it take a Patrick Mahomes, if he can, escaping out of the pocket and being able to run the ball? We saw against the Bengals, there was he the want to was there, and the body was not quite willing for that. Is two weeks enough to where he can get some of that scrambling ability back? Because if he can, that's really scary for a team that wants to play as much cover one as they do. You're turning your back on a guy that does a good job of manipulating the pocket, does a good job, especially this year, of stepping up and taking what's there, taking those extra six, eight, ten yards that are easy on the ground for him. I can see lots of situations, especially with a speed rusher trying to get up the arc there. That Patrick Mahomes is just going to step up and through, and with five in the route, everybody all spread out. It is very hard to corral him, keep an eye on him, and limit him from picking up. Again, I'm not talking about you know a 25-yard rush here. I'm talking about you know turning some of these plays into quick fives because that's really, really difficult, and that's how you can knock a team out of some of their more comfortable cover one looks is by getting a quarterback on the move. We talked about it on defense that you can't play that. You got to play a lot more zone, keep eyes in the backfield against Jalen Hurts. You don't want Patrick Mahomes to start to heat up on the ground a little bit to try and get the ball rolling because then as a defense, it's really, really hard to do what you're best at. I that's I, that's what I'm fascinated by is Mahomes legs. I think we talked about it early, early in the week with the props and stuff. I think Mahomes over under was 20 and a half yards and you know how healthy he is to run could be a big factor in this game. You know, you talk, yeah, maybe they're not going to bracket or double Kelsey, but if they do choose to double, I, if I was going to get very, very specific, Milton Williams rushes for a step. If, yeah. if it rushes for a step and spies, you double Kelsey, you still you you still might have five on the route, and your edge rusher still might win. Like yeah. those are some, and so you've got yeah Milton Wilson Milton Williams versus you know he's a good kind of undersized interior rusher versus a you know Patrick Mahomes, you know who's who's hobbling a little bit. 
I could see the Eagles trying something a little bit like that, just just being very specific to take away Kelsey. And and I don't know, like I'm, stuff like that just fascinates me. Is you know, obviously you'd rather you'd rather be uh, you'd rather be running against two man, but man coverage still a lot of backs turn. Like you to your point, there there still can be some guys with eyes on the quarterback closing late. But I, I it could it could be a very very big factor. All right, players to watch, Matthew. No, Craig, sorry. Oh, man, I wanted him to be confused again. I was going to enjoy that. I'm not even paying attention. Uh, My player to watch is arguably the hinge point of this game, and it's Orlando Brown Jr. <laughs> if Orlando Brown Jr. has a bad day against this, against the edges of this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line, this is exactly the scenario that the Eagles have gotten themselves into throughout the year and why they've been so dominant, especially against the pass. They get after tackles off the edge. They create havoc. They ruin game plans. Orlando Brown Jr. has not had his best playoffs. He certainly has not. Did not play particularly well against the Jaguars to start that game. Rebounded a little bit. Did not play particularly well to start against the Bengals. Again, rebounded in that game i don't want the rebound it would be awesome if he came out and he's able to play at a high level this this defensive line is going to get theirs if you see hassan reddick beat him once or twice it's going to happen because it's the exact type of guy that gives him the most trouble but if he can hold his own enough and give patrick mahomes enough time they can ruin this philadelphia eagles defense through the air and that is just devastating for all the reasons that we talked about earlier that gets them in their bag they can get into the run game there's so many other things that can go wrong for this eagles defense it is predicated on that pressure especially off the edge and orlando brown jr can do a lot to try and stop it so if he has a great game he could single-handedly kind of tilt this in the chief's favor so I hinted at it with Travis Kelsey. It's a little bit of a low-hanging fruit, and I try not to do it too awful much, you know, especially during the offseason or anything like that. I don't like to totally. talk about Travis Kelsey because I think mm-hmm. we all know that he's pretty good. But I I don't think the Eagles can match up with him. I don't see anybody on this defense that matches up well with Travis Kelsey. You know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a good safety. He's five foot 10, five foot 11. Yeah, he's a little bit thicker and he's very good in coverage. That's not end-all be-all, but Travis Kelsey's a big tight end. People don't understand. Like, he's a big tight end that just happens to also be a really good wide receiver. So you're going to – you can't really match those two up. They don't have a linebacker that has those kind of coverage skills. Their best bet might be a Kaiser White, but that's not where they've liked to use him when they do go man. Like, they don't want to go put him out there, especially when the Chiefs are getting Kelsey out in the slot and not just aligning him in line, which – I doubt they do a whole lot in this game. They're probably going to try to keep him out in space. If they can get him matched up in zones against the Navante Maddox or some of these other DBs, you know, if they have Reed Blankenship having to get out there on the field, mm-hmm. if they want to get out there and roll onto him, uh, Marcus Epps coming down. Like They have a lot of matchups. That I just don't think Eagles would feel comfortable with Travis Kelsey. And there has been, I know Fran Duffy, when he was talking to BJ, did float James Bradbury potentially going to cover Travis Kelsey, but I don't know. James Bradbury hasn't done a lot of slot work. It's not like the Chiefs are going to go three by one and let give them an easy Kelsey versus Bradbury matchup on the outside. And even when they do, I mean, we got a long list of all pro corners and safeties that have had their ankles snatched by Travis Kelsey. So like maybe this is the best case scenario. Maybe you let the Eagles get weaker on one boundary. You get, a, you know, put a guy that's not used to playing in the slot on a tight end in the slot. 
let him think he can do it one-on-one and still get beat up in it. And then now you also have a Juju versus, I guess, Avante Maddox kicks out wide. Like, I don't know who goes and plays boundary corner them for them. It's just, I just don't see a good avenue. So I think Travis Kelsey has a monster game. He always does in the playoffs. I just don't even see the route for the Eagles to stop him unless they are going to truly double team him. And then a lot of open space. This podcast will remain on ankle watch. And by that, I don't mean Patrick Levon Mahomes. This time, I mean uh, I mean Kadarius Tony. Um, I if you watch, go back and watch the Bengals game. I think you were on the verge of having a big Kadarius Tony game, a big usage for Kadarius Tony. And I think I heard someone. I think it was James Palmer today talking a little bit about there's a big there's some there's a big call sheet with Tony in, in mind. There's a lot of plays they want to run with Tony in mind, and there's an autom- a, a very a very obvious connection between Patrick Mahomes and Kadarius Tony that's established very quickly here. I could not agree more. Patrick Mahomes seems to trust Tony. Tony seems to get opportunities. Tony is the most dynamic athlete that this team has on the offensive side of the football, and he's a guy that's capable of making some big plays. His health is crucial. And the same can be said about Juju Smith-Schuster, both of these guys. As many bodies capable as you have for the next 60 minutes of football, very, very important to the success of this offense. If you can get a capable version of Kadarius Toney, uh, that's huge. Same can be said about Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm on ankle watch. I'm on injury watch for both of these guys. But I think specifically Kadarius Toney is my player to watch and how he's able to be utilized and how much he's able to be utilized. All right. Last one of the year. Wow. Prediction time. Matthew. Me. Why? Why do you do this to me? I don't like this. Okay. You want Craig to go? No, I got this. Well, I'm going to make this short and sweet. We've been going a little while here. I think we've gotten a lot of our takes on this. Um, the longer we dive into this, the more I watch the Eagles, the more I watch the Chiefs, the more I think about this game. I I usually I do a pretty good job removing like my fandom and my desire for the Chiefs mm-hmm. to win to impact a lot of this. Like I'm usually this is why I get criticized a lot for being negative, not being as high on the Chiefs as normal. Like I do a pretty good job about it. I'm having a hard time this week not treating this as a fan from a fan perspective because I really struggle to see the avenues in which the Eagles beat the Chiefs unless it is this, unless their offensive and defensive line show up play the best games of their life. They do it for 60 minutes and they do so at such a level that the Chiefs absolutely can't compete. Both their their offensive and defensive line have to match what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line did in the Super Bowl versus a bunch of backups. And they have to do it for 60 minutes on two sides of the ball. That's the only real avenue that in my brain right now, I see the Eagles beating the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have the best two coaches in this game. They have the best three players in this football game. I don't see how the Eagles win this game. I actually think the Chiefs win comfortably. I'm going to take them 31 to 23 mm-hmm. as a final score. And I don't even know if it's going to be that close at the end. I think if the Chiefs jump out to an early lead, and I think they're going to, I don't think this Eagles offense is built to come back. I don't think this Eagles offense starts really getting in rhythm until later in the game. I think the Chiefs kind of take control. Andy Reid's not one to run it up, but it is the Super Bowl. So I don't think he's going to go completely foot off the gas here. I just... I have a hard time seeing schematically. And when you start breaking it down beyond, oh, they have great offensive and defensive lines. I have a hard time believing or seeing the path for the Eagles winning this game. The Philadelphia Eagles have a dynamic offense. They can get at you so many different ways on the ground. They've got two really great weapons and a good tight end. They've got a quarterback who 
is in the running for MVP. I know he hasn't played well down the stretch since he's been hurt, but he's got two weeks. We might see closer to that version of that player when the Chiefs line up against them this weekend. They've also got a set of defensive linemen that they can just mix and match and ruin the lives of every offense they have. Two really good corners out there that can take away stuff on the outside. It's a recipe for disaster for any offense they face. It doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes is out there. He is going to ruin this. They have not played very many good quarterbacks. They have certainly not played very many good quarterbacks who are being orchestrated by one of the best postseason minds that is out there in Andy Reid. Andy Reid, the schemer, will come out and make life very difficult for this Philadelphia Eagles defense. The way that this Eagles defense can counter that is by having bad quarterback play. That is not going to happen from Patrick LaVon Mahomes. This defense, when we switch over there, Steve Spagnolo is arguably, and I mean this, arguably the best postseason defensive coordinator in the modern era. It is him, it is Romeo Cronell, and that's the list. That is all of it. This is a situation where Steve Spagnolo is going to pick up on tendencies. He is going to find ways to make these players be in the right spots. We have seen throughout this season this defense grow into their shoes. It is great to close out the season. Steve Spagnolo schematically is going to come out there and be able to handle business. That means you've got, like Maddie said, the best two coaches in this game. You've got the best player in the world in this game. And you've got a defensive group that is just being overlooked for the second week in a row out of here that is going to line up and be able to dominate this game. I've got the Chiefs winning this one again comfortably. I, too, have the Chiefs scoring 31 but the Eagles only scoring 20, meaning the Chiefs defense allows 20, 20, and 20 points in every game this postseason this year. I have been trying to figure out how to communicate my emotions all day, knowing that we were about to predict the Super Bowl. And like a phrase that keeps coming back to me is real ones know. You know, the real ones know, the fans that have been through a lot with this organization that know those small little intricacies when you see a Jackie Battle reference. The real ones get it. It's a badge of honor for a lot of people that have seen a lot of Chiefs football. And we've I, I, we've all been we've all been through a lot of Chiefs football here. <laughs> and the last 4 years have been incredible. We've seen 3 Super Bowls. We've seen 3. And this one feels way different than the other two in so many different ways. I'm not predicting this game or going off of vibes because I don't think it's just vibes. I think when I go and look at the real ones out on Twitter, I don't see a lot of people running their mouth with a lot of, you know, trash talk in chief's kingdom. What I see is this weird, eerie, quiet, unwavering confidence that's like permeated genuine throughout the entire fan base. But I think it's because the team shows this just eerie, weird, unwavering confidence <laughs> heading into this game. You can tell the coaches, the players, and the fans. You can tell 
you can tell there's something up in Kansas City. You can tell that there's something up within this fan base. And it's not because we're just going off vibes. We've consumed a lot of Chiefs in our in our existence. We've been through this three times. We know what's up this week. We know how to handle this week. And we can feel what's going on this week. We know what's at stake. We know how good the Philadelphia Eagles are. We know how the Philadelphia Eagles can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We, are, we know all of that. We have processed it. We have processed it. We have went through it. And all that came out was three words. Patrick, LaVon, Mahomes. They don't have an answer for him. They don't have an answer for him on one ankle. Nobody has an answer for him. He is the best player in a generation. And he's going to start coming for Tom Brady's legacy with the second Super Bowl. 31-20, real ones know. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.